You're listening to 103.5 FM, WLSPLP, Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. The views expressed on this program are those of the producers and individuals appearing on this program and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Sun Prairie Media Center staff or the staff and elected officials of the city of Sun Prairie. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. Hey, everybody, and welcome to What Are We Building? I'm your host, Andy Shaner, coming to you from the Sun Prairie Media Center Studios, underwritten by the Bank of Sun Prairie. It's so exciting. We have this brand new, gorgeous studio. Uh, we used to be in a broom closet, and now we are set up and like it's professional in here. So I feel like a real radio guy, podcast guy. It's a lot of fun. Uh, my guest today is J.D. Euler. J.D. owns the Code Ninjas in Sun Prairie. So he was our inaugural guest. We did it in person, and uh, we actually sat face-to-face through some plexiglass and uh, socially distant, but uh, first time I've had an in-person guest, and it was really kind of how I envisioned this show to be uh, when it first started. And so that was exciting to have him in. You'll hear my conversation with J.D. in just a little bit. But um, to start the show, I want to talk about the police. Because I had an opportunity to sit in, uh, the, the chief of police, uh, Mike Steffes, is putting together a police uh, citizens advisory board. And so uh, it was a while back, a few weeks, month, maybe a month or two ago, uh, they put out, said, we're going to be forming this advisory board. And I applied for it because I'm interested in what's going on with the police in the city of Sun Prairie. And I see what's going on nationally, uh, you know, certainly nearby in Minneapolis with George Floyd or Jacob Blake in Kenosha. And I want to know what is being done in Sun Prairie to make sure that's not happening here. I don't want to wake up ever and get an alert on my phone that says someone was shot, uh, especially not a black person or person of color, um, but anybody in, in the city of Sun Prairie. And so I, I applied to be on the Citizens Advisory Board. They said we had plenty of people uh, sign up and apply. And so we wanted to have a forum where people could come and just sort of uh, express their opinions because not everybody's going to be on the Citizens Advisory Board. So we were over at the Westside Community Center over there on, on Main Street and uh, the new fire station. Uh, in person, about 16 of us in a big room all split up, uh, you know, well socially distanced and just had an amazing conversation with uh, the police chief, Mike Steffes, uh, and two of his lieutenants. Um, and I'm, I'm a blank. One of them was uh, Kevin kind of Packy, I think is his name. And, uh, and then the other guy, I'm blanking on his name. I apologize. But they stood in front of, of a diverse group of citizens and just asked for feedback, had a conversation. And I don't want to overstate it, but I was kind of blown away. Uh, I was blown away by Mike Steffes in particular, our, our chief of police, who stood up in front of a bunch of people and talked about systemic racism and talked about uh, the awesome power that police have and their ability to take away, you know, he quoted the, the Declaration of Independence and Thomas Jefferson and life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and, and understanding that police had the power to take those inalienable rights away from people. And so he has a sense of history and, uh, and, and approached it with, with humility and introspection. Uh, and, and to hear him say that, you know, he gets it in a lot of ways, I think you can kind of tell whether somebody, somebody gets it or not. So quite honestly, if you are not on the train, if you are not on board with understanding that Black Lives Matter and that we can support the police, but also understand that we need to be sensitive to racial and cultural issues, uh, you're, not, you're on the wrong train because that's what I heard from the police department. Uh, that's what I continue to hear from people around the community. And I think that's where 
the direction that Sun Prairie is going. And so I, I just was so impressed with those guys. Uh, it was kind of inspiring. It, it made me it made me kind of feel like a kid again when you look up to the police. And that was it was pretty powerful. And so I, I'm not saying anything's perfect. Um, there are still some people in, that live in the city that that I don't think agree with a lot of what I'm saying. But the but the police and from the top highest levels in terms of their mission and their vision and their values for the city and for the department, I, I feel good about it. So I wanted to say that I wanted to commend them. I wanted to commend the chief in particular and, and say thank you for doing that and for doing this advisory board. I'm happy to see that it's being done. Um, the other thing I want to mention is that there, uh, there's a planning commission meeting. And by the way, you can go and watch all these planning commission meetings. They're on KSUN. They're on the SunPrairieMediaCenter.com website. Next one coming up is uh, they're going to approve uh, plans for two additional apartment buildings. Um, one we knew about on Main Street, the old McGovern's building, and uh, and the other one is behind the Cabela's. Um, will be a new, you know, these are these are luxury type market rate, uh, nice apartments, clubhouses and pools, and uh, I, you know, they're they're nice apartment buildings. The the one on Main Street or McGovern's the was in those cabins. Um, they're they move forward to a precise implementation plan. So there's a general development plan, and then it gets precise when they want to decide exactly what they're going to do. And I don't think there's anybody that can look at those plans and you can look at them online and say that it's not an improvement over, you know, quite frankly, an abandoned old restaurant and, uh, and some old cabins that are there. Uh, there's, there's commercial space on the bottom. There's a plaza for green space. They are uh, subsidized for low-income seniors, um, but, but seniors who are on a fixed income deserve a nice place to live. And having them down there. Uh, I came around, I had an earlier show where I was against this project and I've come around on it. I just think it's a really nice building, a nice space, and will be a, a great addition to an area and an intersection that quite frankly needs it. So kudos to the city council for moving forward with that. And I'm excited to, to see that break ground and, and when it happens. So we're going to take a little break and we'll come back and talk to J.D. Euler. You listen to 103.5 The Sun, Sun Prairie's community radio station. We serve the city of Sun Prairie at 103.5 FM. We are now back up and running. I know we had issues on trivia, um, but the, the radio signal is back up and running. Or you can always get our app on the App Store or the Google Play Store. This show is available on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, a lot of those kind of main places people get podcasts. Uh, I would encourage you to get on the website, sunprairiemediacenter.com, and uh, check out you know different things that we've got going on there. I appreciate you listening. Uh, thanks for tuning in. This is What Are We Building? I'm Andy Shaner. Well, welcome to our new studio, JD. You and you are you're the proprietor, owner, CEO, president of Code Ninjas in Sun Prairie. Yeah. So my wife and I are actually co-owners of the business. Okay. Um, it's a franchise. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we have the Sun Prairie location. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with Code Ninjas, it's on the west side of town, kind of over by the Pick and Save. There's a mounds. Uh, Mounds Pet Food building right there, and you're kind of in that that mall. And if, if for people who aren't familiar with it, can you give us just kind of a Reader's Digest version of what what Code Ninja's in, and how did you how did you get into this that business and the franchise, and how did that all get started? Right. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. So yeah, it's uh it's not a karate place. We right. get that a lot, and it is for kids. Some uh, some coding coding places um, are these boot camps for adults. That's mm. usually the the thing that's out there. But we're for kids, uh, kids ages 5 to 14, Okay, teaching them how to code. Um, and it's all based on making games. So our curriculum is building with Minecraft, Roblox, 
we have our own proprietary game development platform as well. Mm. Uh, that's mainly JavaScript, uh, but then it has Lua, which is what Roblox is made out of, and C Sharp, which is a 3D programming language. So you can yeah, I've heard of that. Learn programming um, like you know Madden football games and simple games like Pong. You know, so it, we meet kids where they're at with their level of coding knowledge, and then go from there. Yeah, and I I remember I did a, I did an open house and my son did a camp there. But for people that are kind of in the program, you do like the one week camps or different things but then for people that are kind of in the program on a regular basis there sort of is like a martial arts yeah the martial kind of arts. levels and belts to it but you you really can kind of progress and move up in your levels right yep. as that goes yep yep so white to black belt martial arts style um so start with a white belt uh you complete coding projects uh completing games and then you move up to yellow belt orange belt the same similar belts um as martial arts and yeah. then you get a black belt and the black belt is uh building your own app Building in the App Store or the uh, the Google Play Store, depending on which one of you Android or iPhone lovers, right. and uh, you we help you come up with the concept, publish it, and now you're out there. You can make money or whatever it is, but right. you got our start. You got, you got your start with us. So, so. did you did you, are, do you have a, are you a coding programming background? You and your wife? Yes, both. I am the computers and technology guy, and then my wife is a teacher. So okay. we combined teaching and and uh computer science and kids and there we go there's code ninjas were you looking to open a, a some type of business and then this just seemed to speak to you or did, did, was there something about this specifically that you had you know felt compelled to have to do it yeah so uh we had been looking at business ideas for a decade um just for you know it's kind of for fun but also like you know just kind of getting into something different i've been looking for opportunities um in an entrepreneur magazine mm -hmm. online magazine and found this one uh, came across my feed and um, code ninjas was like a perfect fit for what what our talents are so it's great and there's i mean there's nothing else to my is there anything else similar to it in dane county madison uh there at <clears> all <throat> there's not um there are small ones you know out there um i think the the biggest one is badger bots which is okay. in middleton Mm. Um, so that's probably they preceded us. Uh, they have different programming uh, than we have, and I think they're more local, um, locally built. And uh, but there's another Code Ninjas on the west side of Madison now. Oh, as there well. is. Okay. So we're expanding to both sides of the town. Yeah. Of, of of Madison. So yeah. So I mean, I would imagine you would kind of pull people in from. I mean, we talk about you know things like Cabela's or you know the the movie theater. Even there are things that are growing in some prairie that are pulling people from Madison now to right. come to some prairie it's not anymore people who live here just going into madison to do things right and so i mean are you pulling people from kind of all around yeah yeah so when we first opened in may of 2019 we were pulling people from sauk city oregon uh, middleton cross plains and of course sun prairie was the biggest um east east side of madison but then uh, beaver dam everywhere um, people from fond du lac drove down to check it out so it's just you know a huge huge following um around um excited about it and i mean do you find are there are, are they doing any kind of programming and things in like at the high school level is it something like what is the typical career path of somebody i mean that that's almost how i looked at it when i did the open house was you can kind of potentially invest in your kid now and some of these skills and knowledge that could then translate it to you know at the, at the college level or you know when i was when i was i remember there were kids in my high school that were programmers particularly around 
web design and web development. Friends of mine who started going to college and then got offered jobs because they had, you know, what, what they knew about web design. Right. Um, you know, they didn't even need a college degree. They were just sort of self-taught. And I, I guess I'm kind of curious where that's at now in terms of career yeah. paths and where things <laughs> Where things go. Yeah, so I think I'll start with the story of myself when I was uh, growing up in the 80s. Um, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to do something with computers. I was lucky enough to have parents that were in uh, doing stuff with the computers on the latest technologies for their jobs. Um, so they had... So were you, know, you a Commodore 64 house or a IBM compatible house? So I was a Texas Instruments 994A Oh, wow. House. That's hardcore. Then. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, so... Uh, unique. So I was the I was the house that had that, uh, but my friends had the Commodore 64s yeah. and the Ataris. But <laughs> but the the thing with the TI was that it had a lot of educational software in it. Okay. So my parents loved it because I would play the educational games, um, and it had you know, coding built right into it. Um, so that's where I got my start. But my sister was probably my first teacher. I was like seven, and she was trying to help me through the adult book of how to code yeah and so now if a seven-year-old comes into code ninjas we have a curriculum that they can uh easily understand um even if they don't know how to 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 read fully yet they it's Mm. uh visual learning rather than having to to read the books so we've really made it accessible to um we go as young as five with the uh non-reading uh curriculum well and there's toys out and things you see now all kinds of different things of just real basic concepts that have to do with coding where they're you know they're yeah it's kind of a buzz thing i think with parents sometimes but definitely it is good general concepts for people to sort of understand right and i think the like our reason why we exist is that we have senseis which are our teachers so for myself in learning how to program when i was seven my dad was like you know bless his heart was busy and i'm sure he'd love to to help me out he'd help me out with school things too but i wanted more because i love this technology thing mm-hmm. so i would just play with like you're saying whatever technology was around um so we we engulf the the experience at code ninjas with lots of different technologies with robots uh, with building blocks uh, we have our tech blocks that are more advanced legos that can hook up to sensors and motors mm-hmm. and so yeah then we've got that sensei that will guide them through building the robot or building a game and those are mostly high school college kids so yeah right uh, now um we have everyone is a computer science major or an it major so they're all in college or above okay so with with covid and it's the first time i'll bring that up we had to move to everyone being 18 or older Mm. Um, because of the challenges of we're being we're now we're open all day long. Okay, um, we are open at seven fifteen in the morning. We support virtual learning now, so we we kind of increased our our staff's educational level and things to right. and age uh, to support the needs of of being open in the daytime to support uh, our programs during the day. Okay, um, so you've got kids that are there kind of doing virtual learning simultaneously with. Some of the code ninja stuff. Correct. I mean, it's daycare would be a probably yeah. not how you would describe it, but yeah, um, it's a it's a, a full day program that allows you to kind of integrate right. virtual learning with it. You're right. So um, similar to what the pack would be doing, or exactly. some step ahead, some of these other yep. places. So we have uh, we call it the e learning facilitation. Okay. Um, so a lot of the schools, virtual schools in Sun Prairie and uh, Wanakee, are in the mornings. Uh, so we support their virtual learning. Make sure they're logging into their zooms that they're actually completing their work that they do, that they're, you know, following what they're doing. They're not doing something else. 
Um, and then we have our STEM enrichment. Um, so we've got, you know, one of our senseis, our, our most senior sensei was a former programmer. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a teacher at Meadowview as well. She had a coding program she's doing after school. Um, so she is our kind of our program director for our daytime program. So, so she puts together a full set of curriculum for the daytime kids. So, yeah, kind of kind of getting back to the the career path are there are yeah. there is there programming at the high school and you mentioned yeah. obviously yeah. you can be an it or computer science right. major yeah at this point and I, so yeah what, what is there at the high school level yep. right now yep so um we've uh talked to the at, at the high school bethany Kahn's uh is there so they are learning uh at the high school level uh, some great stuff it's fantastic um so we we think that they can start younger. We think that if you get that technology into there uh, younger, then um, they're going to have a more more of a chance that they'll get into computer science technology because they're growing up with it. And so that's kind of our goal is to get kids more interested. There's a huge com- computer science uh, shortage out there. When yeah. I talk to employers, they're always looking to hire people. And it's just going to get more and more technology jobs out there where some type of programming understanding is going to be like the minimum, like a lot of different jobs um, with robotics, automation. You've got self-driving cars. You've got mm-hmm. you know, a lot of automation going on. It's going to be very important for a career path to start early. And we take them all the way up to the high school level and you know, we hand them off. As the, uh, the high school teachers tell me, you're going to up my game for computer science because these kids are all going to be you know, wanting more. Right. You know, and and programming is really completely different than what, you know, I think most of us work on computers in our job and somehow just basic, you know, Excel spreadsheets or, you know, basic Word doc. I I did some, I do some very basic HTML programming, you know, that I did in college, but um, I I don't, I've not, I haven't ever coded or don't know how to code. And I just, it's a, it's a world that's sort of, it's like, I know there's professional baseball players out there that can do what I can't do, but I at least know what they're doing. Like with coding, I, I don't even know, I don't even understand what they're doing. Right, like, right. So I don't know if you can distill that to, to under, you know, I guess there are these apps that we download to our phone. Someone had to create that and, right. and build the interface and the visuals and yep. what happens when you click here and tap here. Right. And, yep. I, and I guess that's all that's all part of it. Anything you do on your phone, your computer. Exactly. It didn't happen by magic. Somebody coded it. There's a techie geek behind the scenes that's coding it. Um, I'm proud to be tech geek myself, my programming background too. And um, now I think it's, you know, it's becoming more of the norm um, to like that, to, to like to code because um, we're trying to make it fun. Mm -hmm. And uh, because it seems so intimidating, like, um, and they make a lot of the colleges and things make it that way. They get you into computers one-on-one they get you through the easiest stuff, how to use Word and, and whatever. And then you get to the programming. It's like, oh, lost me. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's... it's and it's, it's hard to understand sometimes the practical applications yeah. of some of that stuff. Yeah so, so now you, yeah, so now you can, if you understand the basics of programming, which is you know, uh, telling a computer what to do mm-hmm. and um, starting at the basic level commands, um, and we make it super easy like that, uh, going from there, learning more and more, um, as you go, because once you build like a game, which is you know a lot of fun, um, then you want to do more. What else can I do? Yeah, and you get to make it your own too with your creativity, and you know a lot a lot of of people and experts are saying like this is this is fun now. It's not it's not like work anymore. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and, and if you can meld, I mean, I guess that's everybody's dream, right? Is to be able to meld something that's fun 
to do yeah. with a career and right. um I, and I, I, I there's probably also the perception somewhat that you're those jobs are all ending up you everybody goes to silicon valley and you're working on some kind of big tech company and i'm sure those jobs are wonderful and you know exciting and all that's a dream for a lot of yeah. tech geeks as, as you call it yourself but then there's all you know there's some people that may not may want to stay closer home and I'm sure there are there must be jobs. I know I, I think at work we've we've gone to a lot of automation in our production and you know robotics and things. It's Isthmus is Isthmus Manufacturing does all of our robots and it's right here in Madison. Right. And so I think those jobs are all over the place. It isn't just working for Facebook Definitely. or Google or Apple and Yeah, the Madison kind of area is is booming right now, um, especially with Epic. Sure. Epic is Epic. Um, amazing growth. <laughs> um, and you know, even companies like American Family, big technology push there um, yeah they're you know doing that you know just a lot of big national companies starting to come here google is sure. has a madison office now have and then with covid now everything it's gone to the point where almost it's almost going to get to the point which is kind of exciting for a place like sun prairie and the madison dane county areas you could if you can live anywhere you want right. and do things remotely they're going to be looking for that talent you know, kind of definitely all yeah. over the place. Right. So, right. so yeah. So, it, what is your what's your day job? I mean, do you still have a day job, or have you done this, gone to Code Ninjas full time, or what? Yep. yep. So, I have a day job still. Um, so, I'm an IT management sure. consultant um, as well. So, I work for TeamSoft, which is a contractor um, based out of Middleton. Okay. Um, so, I've been doing that contracting for uh, seven years or so. Um, but I've been in yeah in IT myself for it'll be. It's 24 years, I think. Okay. Um, so in software development primarily, but I've done networking and hardware and everything else yeah. uh, as well. So. And you mentioned your wife's a teacher. Was she, she was, uh, teaches in Sun Prairie at the school, in the yeah, school district? Yeah, so she's at the Ma- in the Madison School District. Okay. So, so. so yeah, I always kind of ask people how they ended up in Sun Prairie or why they chose to live here or yeah. kind of what brought you to. Yeah, we, we uh, were looking for a place here. to raise a family and we thought Sun Prairie was the perfect spot. My wife was working in Portage at the time, and I was working on the east side of Madison, I think. So we were looking for a halfway point. We looked at the schools, yeah. and we're like, this is awesome. You know, talked to people who had been, who had been here. And, uh, you know, and then we took roots here 14, 14 years ago, I think it was. Okay. 2006. And, um, yeah, so then we, we love it. And then we just, you know, we love that it's 40th best city in yeah, the country now right um and that was a money magazine yep and we were talking earlier that it's still it's growing like crazy and obviously that's the, the subject of the show but still has the sort of small town feel like you and i didn't know each other but i'm 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 pretty sure i'd seen you around at, at royal oaks or different places yep. and different things we've done and you know you know some uh, we have some mutual friends and people in common so that aspect of sun prairie is still very cool yeah, and definitely. i definitely and then we also have resources like we're sitting in this new studio that they built as part of the yeah. media center. Both you and I, our kids are in Kids Four, um, which I think is a really cool program. And so it has a sort of small town feel. But then the resources for you know some Yahoo to come into a podcast <laughs> are large enough to support kind of a, a business like Code Ninjas, yeah. um, which is which is really kind of neat, kind of that best of of both worlds. So I, I, I also want to talk to you. I know you guys are launching a new esports league, which. If you don't know about esports, I mean, I'm sure you'll talk about it, but it's it's bigger than any of us realize it is. I guess anybody under, you know, anybody over, I'm over 40 now, but probably anybody over 30 realizes that it's, you know, it's a spectator sport. It's it's just a huge deal. And so give us a quick primer on esports and then tell us what you're doing kind of with this league. Yeah, so uh, esports is uh, growing big time. 
I think the you know people can relate to it's on ESPN now. Yeah, you know, it's just a, it's another sport out there, and so and you I, might have seen it's like a bunch of kids with yeah. the headsets on and they're playing video games, but it's yeah, it's, it's competitively. It's, and so I, I was making the joke the other day to somebody. It's like my kids, all they want to do is watch YouTube right. and watch other people playing video games. I think everybody can relate. To, it's like, and I say that as somebody who spends a fair amount of my time watching nine guys standing around a diamond playing a game and. And all sports are at some level are just a game and they're record and they're sort of silly, but we get ourselves emotionally invested right. and wrapped up in it. Kids are doing the same thing. They want to yep. watch other people play a game, which is essentially what football and baseball and basketball right. always have been. Yep. Um, but just incorporating technology into yep. it. Yep. So it's playing video games against other people. Yeah. Um, and it, it's competitive. And right now, like the professionals are out there and they're they're celebrities, just like other. Uh, professional sports athletes are now too i think there's you know a growing following because it's it's still coming out of the the dark uh, a little bit but uh now you know what we're doing is bringing it to the youth level Mm -hmm. elementary and middle school age kiddos it is at the college level it is at the high school level but it it's now finding its way to um as early as seven years old so it's the same ages as our code ninjas is so it's a perfect fit to bring in uh, we have the technology. We have amazing gaming hardware that we purchased, um, and it's uh, it's awesome. It's the same thing the pros use, and we give them hopefully the same experience that a pro would. And again, we pride ourselves in our coaches. So we have senseis. Now we have our esports coaches who are right. professionally certified with the Professional Coaching Alliance, which is the same coaching certification as Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL. Okay. So it is. You know, very professionally done. It's about attitude. It's about communication. It's about good sportsmanship. A lot mm-hmm. of the same qualities that Little League Baseball, youth basketball, soccer, hockey. Uh, it's it's the same category. With the big difference that you don't have to be six foot six or right. two hundred fifty pounds, or you know, there. Uh, hopefully, at the youth level, there isn't that level. But you know, certain kids have physical gifts right. and traits that others don't, um, right. and that's. I mean, I, there's a certain amount of hand-eye coordination and a certain basic level that you, you have to have, but it isn't as physically limiting right. as exactly. maybe some other sports would be for Yeah, kids. and a lot like our Code Ninjas, uh, ninjas that we have come in, you know, it's like a, it's a different group of, of kids mm-hmm. that, um, you know, are, are coming and they're looking for their place. And these are like-minded individuals. So, you know, we come in and join an eSports team. We have teams of six that play Overwatch and we have that coaching. We have that interaction, social interaction. So that was that was going to be my question: is like, what what games are they actually playing? I understand there's teams and you're, it's competitive, but what what games are they actually? playing? Yeah. So Overwatch, which is a uh, it's kind of like a a kid version of you know a, a first person shooter. So it's less violent. It uses kind of fantasy characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you are the character first person shooter, meaning I am controlling myself in the 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 world mm-hmm. and so you have a team of six that are like that are communicating over headsets in the same room they have a coach that's communicating against another team that is in another state we're playing against teams against california north carolina texas um and you can over the internet over the high speed internet with the hardware they can play uh overwatch is our first game that and then we're doing fortnite i was gonna say i don't fortnite pl- i don't is, play fortnite my i've managed to bamboozle my kid into not playing Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he certainly has friends who do and I understand that it's yeah. it's huge and it sounds very similar from what I Right. So Fortnite what, I know. what we really like about this esports program is that it's 
you're not playing against random people in the world. You're in a structured environment with a squad, a Fortnite squad yep. in that case, like eight eight people, and you know who you're with, and you're getting coached about being positive, communicating, good attitude, just like any other sport. So it really helps, you know. And you can play with your friends. You know, bring your friends in. Yep. And but you're not you're not in this internet world that's just you know, random people. Right. Uh, you don't know where they're from. We don't know what they're like. Um, we have like this controlled, structured environment when positive coaching. Yeah. And I mean, technology in all forms, social media or games for, for all its, its good traits, it can be isolating. Right. And so to be able to have something you can do collectively, I mean, I, I'm lucky enough to have two boys that love playing Roblox together and my you know, girls too it's been a they've they've come together with uh you know during covid and but i i feel for kids you know parents and kids who it's an only child they've right. got younger you know a, a bigger spread there and so yeah having some sort of structure what can be a social aspect where yeah and, and still structured like that and sort of right. blending the technology with traditional the traditional sports culture and what the values are there is right. that's kind of neat um the there are tryouts i understand though yeah, tryouts. Uh, so we just kind of have it just like any other sport. These are, um, so it's a tryout where everyone makes the team. Okay. It's not going to be, oh, I'm sorry, you didn't make the cut. Uh, but we do have different levels. We have gold and silver, usually by ages. Um, but we're going to accept anyone who tries out. Mm-hmm. We're not going to load up a team either. We're going to balance the teams. Yeah. Because we don't want one team whooping and one team getting whooped. We want these to be a good experience and... You know, we'll rebalance the teams um, if we need to. And so because it's more about the positive environment, the socialization than about, you know, beating a California team, which would be nice to do, too. Right. Because we're better in the middle. I used to work with a guy who would his speech to his Little League team every year was, look, guys, you're here to have fun. But it's going to be a lot more fun if we're winning games. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. you know. But then yeah. it's, um, you know, practicing. We have practices. We have a game um, every weekend. We have a game. We have practice during the week. Um, much like traditional sports. And are you all in the same room together? Do you, can you do it virtually? How is that working with yep. COVID? So at Code Ninjas, we have uh, 2,500 square feet space. Uh, so we can, we can have two teams and with these uh, you know, capacity things that are going on. We can have two teams of six with two coaches in there safely. So that's kind of what we're going to do. The other part is you know, we, can, we can go anywhere as well. So we're looking at partnerships with other organizations to bring us to them. And hopefully in a space like Code Ninjas where it's safe, uh, social distancing is possible, masks must be worn, uh, we clean every piece of equipment afterward. Yeah. So, yeah, it is in person. We, we, and we do accept virtual remote participants in the league on the team as well. So if they're not feeling like they want to come in, we can have team members that, are, uh, that don't come in because, again, it's over the Internet and we can bring them in so they're not, they're not left out too. They can, they can join in. Yeah. Well, it's an absolutely an example of kind of what we were talking about before, where some prairie can be kind of a fairly typical suburb and, and have a small town kind of neighborhood feels to it, but yet is large enough and growing enough to support these new types of businesses right. and opportunities and things that are really, really unique. Look, the, the more computer science and IT people that grow up in some prairie and kind of help build that community long term, um, and we keep those types of families and those types of people connected to our community and and support them you know in the schools but also externally and with these kind of programs is is right. all all for the best so i appreciate what you're doing yeah it's cool it's exciting and thanks for being on so yeah yeah, yeah thanks for having me here this is great